a couple of weeks ago, we were moving into our house. As some of you know, we just moved across the country and it was just stressful, man. If you've moved anytime recently, you know how stressful that is. And so the whole day was just chaotic. I'm trying to like manage moving all our stuff and it's just the house is messy and I've got four kids and a one-year-old who's just making what's already a mess and, and destroying the house even more to make it even more messy. And so the whole process, I'm just like borderline or I'm just like at a baseline stress level the whole time. Some of my kids started to kind of argue and bicker with each other as they're adjusting to the new house and the move and the stress and we're hungry and I don't have anything to eat. I don't have any groceries, you know, so I'm just like the whole day is stressful (laughs) and we finally get through the day and it's like time for bed and I go to lay in bed and I'm laying there. I'm just exhausted and two of my kids start to bicker and they're, I'm like, you know, kind of letting them try to fight it out. We've, we talked about this before on the podcast, like learning to teach your kids how to fight well. And so I'm trying to teach them how to fight well and give them space to fight well and to, to work it out in a good godly way, which they're not doing at all. <laughs> and so they're fighting and they're bickering and it's getting worse and worse. And then it just, you know, they start to yell at each other and, and whatever. And as they're doing that, my frustration, I just like, I reach my boiling point. And I just scream at one of my kids and I say just stupid, like pure, out of anger, hurtful, like not even necessary words. I just yell at them and I'm mad and my wife, like I get back into the bathroom where my wife is getting ready for bed and she's just like, babe, that was like, that was too much, you know, like, and then I'm mad at her, you know, for taking their side. And so I like, don't even say anything to her. I just like, you know, kind of in my pouty childish way, like kind of stomp off and just lay in bed and, and fall asleep. And I wake up and I'm just like, dude, what? I'm such an idiot. <laughs> like, I just have this deep sense of regret. Like why the heck did I blow up on my kids? And then to, instead of using the correction of my wife, which was just, she came at me so gently. She wasn't even like being rude or like mean or anything. She just like so gently tried to correct me. And I, anyway, all that to say, I had to apologize to my wife, which was really, really hard. Even to this day, man, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast in our family leadership program. It's still hard for me to muster up the courage to just go up to somebody that I love and to say I was completely wrong and to make no excuses and to just say like, I was an idiot and I'm really sorry and I shouldn't have done that. I know that's the right thing to do. I've written chapters and books about that. I've talked about that in the family leadership program. And yet still to this day in my mid thirties, it's hard for me to walk up to somebody, especially my wife and my kids and just say, I'm sorry. And anyway, I didn't want to do it, but I knew that that was the right thing to do. And so I went up to my wife and I just said, I was an idiot last night and you're completely right. The way that I responded to our kids was over the top and it was wrong. And I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you. And I'm sorry that I brushed you off and walked away mad and I hope you'll forgive me for that because I was really, really dumb and immature of me and I'm sorry. And she was gracious and she forgave me quick. And then I went to my kids and I said, the way that I acted and yelled at you guys last night was really immature and really wrong of me. And I took Chris's advice. Chris talked about this on the podcast recently, but I said, you know, I don't want to be that kind of dad. I don't think God wants me to be that kind of dad to you guys. And so I'm asking Jesus to change my heart and to make me more like him and to give me patience and grace and I want to be different and I want to be more like Christ. And I'm just really sorry that I didn't represent that well to you. And I'm sorry. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. And they forgave me quick. It was a five minute thing and it was over with. And even though it was hard, it was the right thing to do. I say all of it. And I went on a little bit of a tangent there. But the reason I tell you guys all that is it's crazy, man, how 
I can just be in these modes where I really think I've, I'm like doing a good job. Like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get this husband thing figured out, the spiritual leadership figured out, this being a dad figured out. And then just like in a moment, I find myself literally, I woke up that morning, the next morning, and I'm just like, I suck as a dad. Like I suck as a husband. <laughs> and I start to feel all these, this deep sense of guilt and shame. And like, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm just reminded that if I'm not close to Jesus constantly, that this is why we need to be pursuing Jesus daily. This is why we need to be in his word daily. This is why we ask God to change our hearts daily because so quick. I mean, I had no plans of blowing up on my kids, of being a jerk to my wife. And in just a matter of 30 seconds, I'm now filled with deep shame and regret and the way that I responded. And so, man, I guess that's just a long way of saying to you, don't get complacent. Don't settle in and think I've got this thing figured out because sin is always crouching at your door, ready to destroy you, ready to destroy your marriage and your family. And so just the war is always being waged against you, your heart, your integrity, your marriage, your parenting. It's always, there's always a war being waged. And the second you let your guard down, man, we just make dumb decisions. And so we need the Holy Spirit to continue to draw us close to him to continue to make us more like him, to continue to shape us and change our wicked hearts and make us more like him. And so that's a, I guess, a a long encouraging rant for you to just stay on guard. Speaking of moving across the country, my kids in the last seven months have lived in three different houses, two different states. And so we moved from Oregon here to South Carolina. We had a rental home as we were waiting for our track home to be built here. And so they just finished that and we just moved in. Man, I just felt this deep sense as we were spending our last few days in this town home, getting ready to move in our in our last home. I was thinking about my kids and how much moving they've done and how much change they've had in a short period of time. And I just felt like the spirit of God kind of pressed on me to like be intentional about these changes. And so we were in my room and our whole family was just in the room as we were kind of getting ready for bed. We were talking about just random stuff. And I just felt this sense like I need to like make this a moment. And so I brought my kids in. I said, hey, before you guys go to bed, just come in here, come sit on the bed. And so they sat on the bed. We actually were sleeping on the floor for the last six months because we didn't want to unpack all our stuff. So we're like just sitting on my mattress on the floor. And I told them, I was like, you guys, one, I'm proud of you. You know, like this, we've done a lot of change and uh, it's been a little bit crazy the last several months, but you guys have done a good job of just adapting. But two, and more importantly, like I just want us to remember that God is the one directing our family and he's the one moving us and he's the one leading us into new places. And so these last six months were chaotic and they were hard and they were crazy, but God took care of us. Like God is always good to us. And I wanted to mark this season for them. Like this chapter is closing. I literally told them that like you guys, life is like a book and there are a bunch of chapters in the books. The Bible talks about this as they call it seasons in the Bible, but it's just like a book that has a bunch of chapters and there will be chapters in your life that are awesome. There will be chapters in your life that are really hard, but they come to a close and then you move on to the next chapter. And I said, this chapter is ending. And so as we're ending this chapter of our family life, like this part of our season of our life as a family, I just want us to remember that God took care of us. Like we moved across the country we still have a place to live. Like we ate food. Uh, we're healthy. God was faithful to us. He took care of us. He kept us close to him. And so we all just held hands. You know, even my little three-year-old held the hands of her brothers and sisters and I held the hand of my wife and, and we prayed. And I, and I just wanted to mark for them that this is a chapter 
that God has been good to us and also that we're now moving into a new chapter. And so part of that prayer that night was me praying and just thanking God. Like, God, you've been good to us. You've been faithful to us. You've led us across the country. You didn't abandon us. You've taken care of us even in these really big seasons. So thank you. And then also the backside of my prayer was, God, as we move into this next chapter, would you prepare us? Would you protect our family? Would you keep us close to you? And as we move into a new neighborhood, would you put neighbors around us who you can use us for your glory? And so God, as we're missionaries, we're sent ones. God, we didn't just pick this house and pick this neighborhood randomly, but we believe that you sent us here to be on mission for your glory, that we would be salt and light to the neighbors and the neighborhood and the people around us. And God, equip us, get us ready, help us to see ourselves as missionaries, that every neighbor we talk to, every interaction we have in that neighborhood, it would be for your glory, that we would show salt and light to a world that desperately needs it. And so I, the point of all of that prayer, one was genuinely to thank God, but also as a moment to teach my kids, like, okay, one, do not forget that God has been faithful to us, that he's protected us, that he's been good to our family. And two, we are sent ones. And so this next chapter is a chapter of being sent. And what does it look like for us to now see ourselves as missionaries and sent ones in this new neighborhood? I was just teaching to a group of high schoolers a few weeks ago. It was a powerful. I haven't taught to high schoolers, dude, in like 10 to 12 years <laughs> since I've done like youth, any kind of youth or young adult ministry. I was terrified. Chris, who's been hosting the podcast the last few weeks, he's such a gifted teacher and he does. he's worked a lot with young adults. And so I was like hitting him up like, dude, just kind of refresh my thinking on how to work with high schoolers and with young adults. And he was really helpful for me. But anyway, it was such a powerful week. But one of the things I taught during that week to these high schoolers was this idea of seasons. I taught this out of Joshua 4. I'll read it to you because it's, it's a really powerful passage of scripture. Joshua 4 Verse 1 says this, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. That's the key part. Verse 6, that this may be a sign among you. Listen to this. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it was passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. Listen to this last verse. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. What's crazy about that passage is there it's followed up, or you can contrast that with back in Exodus when Moses was leading people. Remember this, when God was leading people, they were slaves, the Israelites were slaves, and they were escaping from Pharaoh and the, the Egyptian army, and they get to this body of water, and they're trapped, and like, oh, geez, we're going to die out here. And Jesus, our God says, put your staff in the river or in the sea, and I'll part it, and they walk through on dry ground. It's this really crazy, you know, we've, we've heard that story a million times, but it's this crazy story of God parting the sea so they could walk through. Well, that's in Exodus 14. So in Exodus 14, the Israelites walk through the sea on dry ground, and then the Egyptian army comes up behind them, and God swallows them up in the sea. 
And then in chapter 15, so the very next chapter, it's called the, like the title of that chapter is called the song of Moses. And you have the people, the Israelites who have just been miraculously saved from the Egyptian army and out of slavery. They start singing literally in in chapter 15 of Exodus. It's just a song. Like they're just singing, God, you're good. I will sing to the Lord. He's triumphed gloriously. The Lord is my strength. He is my song. He's become my salvation. Like they just go on and on. It's actually the very first time that we see a corporate worship service happening. And they're just singing, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. You've been good to us. You're miraculous. You heal us. You're our savior. All of this stuff. Literally, you can't even get out of our chapter 15. You can't even get out of chapter 15. You get to verse 22 and all of a sudden the people start to get thirsty and hungry and they're questioning God. Like, where is God? Man, it was better when we were slaves. At least we had something to eat and to drink. (laughs) They literally can't even get out of the chapter before things start. They forget. And so now, now you go to Joshua chapter four, where something very similar is happening. They've crossed a sea. And this time God says, okay, (laughs) hey, remember the last time you guys crossed a sea and like you were singing and you had that giant worship service and there was like this crazy moment where you remembered how awesome I was and then you forgot super quickly. Let's not do that again. Instead, let's stop and remember how I've been faithful to you and build this memorial, use these stones as a memorial to remember so that you won't forget that I've been faithful and when your kids see these memorial, when they see these stones that you can point back to them and say, look, God was faithful to us. He's been good to us. He's taken care of us. One of my good friends called me actually while I was at that camp and all the pipes in his house like exploded. They had just remodeled their kitchen. It was this whole thing and all the pipes exploded and he was just like, he just had a new baby it was just this really, really hard moment. And he called me and he was like really emotional. He was like, dude, I legitimately don't know if we're going to be homeless. Like I, we can't afford this. The insurance is saying they're not going to cover it. We don't have a place to live. He's in school right now. Again, they just had a brand new baby. And he's just like, he's, I could feel, I could sense over the phone. He's feeling all the emotions He's feeling all the weight of what had just happened. And he's getting like, he's getting emotional. And he's just like, dude, I don't know how to lead my family well right now. I feel completely scared. I feel completely out of control. I feel completely overwhelmed. And the thing that actually got him emotional was he was saying, dude, just a short season ago, I had been praying about big things about our family, that God would let us start a family, that God would take care of us. And he did. And he answered our prayer. And he's been so faithful to us. And that was just so shortly ago. And now I'm in the season where I feel all this fear and I feel all this being overwhelmed. And I've like, if the thing that was most emotional to him and most frustrating to him was he was like, I feel like so quickly I forgot, like I forgot who God is and that God is good to us. And listen, it's not always that God is going to fix our circumstance. We know that we've talked about that in the podcast a million times. It's not that everything's just going to go okay but it's that you still know that God is good in the midst of when crap hits the fan. And he's like, I know that. Like, I've been praying. God's been good to us. He's He's proven himself to be good and to faithful and to be a good father in the midst of all the junk of my life. And yet so quickly, just months later, where I feel like I've known God to be good, just months later, now I'm like questioning. I'm living in fear. I'm feeling anxiety because I feel like God did you abandon us? And that made him so emotional to think about that. He so quickly forgot. And dude, that's all of us. We are all the people of Israel in Exodus 14, where we're asking God, show up, 
be good to us, be faithful to us, take care of us, save us, and he does. In chapter 15, we're singing songs and we're praising God and we're, we're in a good mood and we're, we feel like things are on track and we're thanking God. God, you have been good to us. And before we even get out of chapter 15, all of us are turning our backs or feeling afraid or feeling scared and we're forgetting who God is. And so I say all that to say, like, dude, what season are you going through right now? Are you in the middle of a season? Are you in the middle of something really hard? Are you in the middle of a good season? Are you middle of the, a big season? Are you coming out of a season? Are you about to start a season? And you need to just stop and remember who God is and his faithfulness to you. And do you also need to do that for your kids? I think a really big thing for us as we're thinking through being the spiritual leaders of our home is we first need to remember constantly that God has been good to us. Again, it's not always that he just fixes things and makes things right because things will be hard, absolutely. But are we remembering God's goodness in the midst of the crap? First, for us, like are we just remembering for us, like, okay, this is a season, and am I marking this season by remembering? I don't want to get to middle of chapter 15 and forget and start questioning God. I want to build some kind of memorial to stop and remember. That's what I was trying to do in our bedroom, on the floor, on the mattress, Like, just stop, hold hands, mark this moment. God has been good to us. I want my kids to remember. Okay, don't, before we move on to this next chapter, remember, God has been good to us. He's taking care of us. We serve a good and faithful God. And so what season are you in right now where you need to remember, okay, even though stuff might be crazy or I'm in the thick of it, like this will end. And so for you just personally as a man, like you, you individually, before you think about you as a husband, as a father, as a spiritual leader, like just you as a son of God, what does it look like for you to say, no, God, I remember. I remember who you've been. I remember your faithfulness to me. I remember that even since a young boy, you've been pursuing me. You've protected me. You've been merciful and gracious to me, God. You've been steadfast towards me. You could have turned your back on me at any moment and you didn't. God, you've been faithful to me. You've stuck with me like a good father sticks with his son. You've, you've been with me, God, and I remember that. Just first, you as a son remembering that. And then two, what does it look like for you to teach your kids how to stop and remember, how to remember chapters, that this is seasons, that this season has come and gone, or this season is coming or going, and yet let's stop and set some stones up so that we remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Because here's the thing, if we can teach our kids from a young age to stop, to recognize these seasons, these chapters, that one has ended and one is beginning, if we can help them do that and to see life as seasons or chapters, then hopefully when they get older, when they're 35 years old and the pipes burst on their house and they're feeling overwhelmed, at least in the midst of that season, or let's just, dude, let's just say something bigger. A loved one dies, an illness hits their family, they lose a job, they have no money in their bank account, all of life fails them, they're persecuted, like big stuff. And when they want to start to say, is God real? Like, is God faithful? Is God good? That they would stop and remember, man, dad taught me at a really young age to remember that life is in seasons, life is in chapters. And so even though life seems chaotic and hard right now, I can stop and remember the way that dad stopped and remembered that God is faithful to us. 
We can look back at the track record of God and the faithfulness of God. He has been good to us. I can look back at all those markers and those flags that dad taught me to set into the ground and remember, no, even though life is hard, God is still faithful and he's still good. We want our kids to be good rememberers. <laughs> I know that's not a real word, but uh, it could be. It should be. I want our kids to just know how to stop and remember. I want them to be confident and comfortable in remembering that life is chapters and it's in seasons. And even though this chapter may suck, all chapters don't suck. And God is good. And lastly, I want my kids to know that these seasons of life, these chapters of life will come to an end, but the whole book ends on a good note. Revelation 21, there will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. Every tear will be wiped away and God will be with us and he will be our God and we will be his people We know how this book ends. We know how the story ends. The chapters come and go. We remember God's faithfulness, but we also remember God will be faithful. He will come again. He will rescue us from this mess. And so even in the midst of my pain and my hurting and my loss and my fear and my frustrations and my insecurities, even in the midst of all of this, I know one for the temporary that this chapter will end that God has been good and he's been faithful, but also this book will end and it ends well. The king comes back. He rescues us. He rescues his people and there will be no more pain. He will make all things new. First, as dads, we have to remember that. If you're in the middle of a good season, dude, relish it. Thank God that you're in the middle of it, but know it's coming to an end. And so knowing that it's coming to an end, just sit for a minute. Thank God. God, I know that this good season probably won't last forever, that hard things are coming, but I'm really thankful for this moment, for this season of life. I'm really thankful for the goodness that you've given us. God, restore my soul in the midst of this mountaintop season of life. God, build in deep foundations of trust in you in the midst of these mountaintop seasons. And some of you are in the valleys, the crap, the hard stuff. And know that that chapter will end. Maybe in this life, or maybe in the the kingdom to come. But it won't always be. There won't always be mourning and pain and sorrow. God will make all things new. And even in the midst of it, God is still good. Like we still get glimpses of heaven here on earth. There's chunks of heaven coming down to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth earth as it is in heaven. And so even now in the midst of the brokenness and the hurt and the pain, there's still glimpses of heaven, of God's goodness, of God's restoration, of joy, of deep sense of peace in our soul. And so we just mark these seasons as men. We become good rememberers. (laughs) We stop and we put a flag in the ground and we say, all right, this chapter has come to an end or this chapter is just about to begin. But before I take one more step forward, I just want to remember the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And then we teach our kids to do the same so that they begin to trust the reputation of God, that when they're adult men and they're leading their families well, that they have good practices and habits 
a foundation of looking back, that daddy taught them to stop and to look back on the faithfulness of God. I love you guys. I miss you. I miss just sitting and talking with you guys. Speaking of that, I hope all of you can come to our, our retreat this fall. Signups are, are it's starting to get to a close where we're going to close up registration for that just so we can let the camp know. But man, I'd love to just sit and be around a fire and have a cup of coffee and have these kind of conversations with you in person, eyeball to eyeball. So if you can make it, man, I'd love for you to make it. I'd love to meet you and spend some time with you. You can find out all about that by going to dadtire.com forward slash retreat. Come hang out with us. It's going to be really, really good. I love you guys. I pray for you constantly. Lead your families well. Sin is crouching at the door, man. Don't let your guard down. Pursue Jesus today and all the rest will be taken care of. I love you. See you. Thank you.